Welcome to Soul Path Alignment, the podcast where we talk about everything that gets us in touch with our psychic ability so that we can find the magic within. I'm Tanya Stupar, and today we're continuing with the Twin Flame series. This is part three out of four total episodes about Twin Flame, and this might be my favorite episode of all because it really gets into the wacky new age aspect of all this. And come on, that's fun. Today we're talking about Twin Flame origins. Where did the idea of Twin Flames come from and who thought of it? There had to be a first mention at some point. So let's start at the beginning. The idea of two people coming from the same soul that got split in half is not new. You can see similarities to it in many ancient spiritual texts, like the Hebrew creation story of Eve being formed from a piece of Adam's body, And there are mentions of twin souls that wander the earth throughout lifetimes until they find one another in the Egyptian Book of the Dead and in ancient Vedic mythology. But probably the most famous description of an actual soul being split in two pieces comes from the ancient Greek mythology. In Plato's Symposium, which dates back to around 380 BC, He talks about the first people that Zeus created in order to be slaves to the gods. These slave people all had four arms and four legs, and they ended up being so powerful that the gods feared they would take over. So Zeus had them all split in half, as the story goes, and turned into two separate beings. And Plato talks about how the people were forever trying to find their other half because they had been split up. This seems to be Plato's attempt at describing why people tend to be so drawn to one another in relationship. He even has an explanation for homosexuality because he says that there were three kinds of these eight appendaged humans. There were male ones that when split in half would become two men who were always searching for their other half in another man. And there were female ones that would be lesbian And there was also a third type that had both genders, which would then become like what we call heteronormative or a male-female couple. And Plato wasn't talking about twin flames exactly, but I just wanted to point out that the idea of two people being part of the actual same soul has been around for a while. And yet, it's not exactly the common story that we hear in fairy tales or mythology or in religious texts. And I believe this is because the idea of twin flame doesn't really fit in with the spiritual narrative that people have been living under since recorded history. So I need to back up and explain a little about New Age theory so that we can understand what exactly this narrative is that we've been living under. Astrologically speaking, time can be divided up into roughly 2,160-year segments or ages, because that's the amount of time it takes for the vernal equinox to move from one constellation of the zodiac into the next. And if you look at the wheel of the year according to the zodiac, the seasons move in a counterclockwise fashion. But this progression of ages happens in the opposite clockwise direction instead. So viewing it like that, 
The age that we're coming from would be the Piscean age that began around the time of Jesus, and it would have been the age of Aries before that. And what astrologers have been predicting is that we're going to move into this new age of Aquarius, but no one can pinpoint exactly when a new age is beginning. It's more likely that it's been happening for around the last 100 years and that things will continue to change. We can really see this in the technological advancements that have happened during that time. Since Aquarius is associated with all kinds of innovation and progress, But what's important for us to know about this new age is that it's predicted that there will be a shift in power dynamics for all of humanity. So when Jesus came, for example, and brought Christ consciousness to the world, and I would describe that as like the message that you can be healed, you can be free, you can have unconditional love, you can have a personal relationship with God, There were already masculine, dominant, authoritarian power structures in place, world governments like the Roman Empire, and they were not going to just hand their power away on a silver platter. So this looked like political figures stepping in to co-opt and harness the power that Christ consciousness had over people. This is like Constantine. He was no dummy. He could see that Christianity was catching on. It was the new way of the world, as opposed to the old polytheism of the ancient Sumerians and Greeks and Egyptians. And he actually promoted it in the Roman Empire, whereas Christians were still being burned alive and fed to the lions only about 150 years before that. So the world got Christ consciousness, And the patriarchy said, thank you very much. I'll take that and use it to control people. Whereas in the new age of Aquarius, it's predicted that masculinity will no longer force a controlling power trip or dominance over femininity. And look, this isn't men bashing. That's not what I'm about. This power struggle has been happening to all of us on the internal level. Humanity as a whole has been working through these issues of learning to connect with and respect intuition. In the old version, we needed an intercessor to meet God. We needed someone else to do it for us and tell us what God had to say. But in the new version, where feminine intuition is respected, we'll all have the capability of going straight to the source ourself. This is how humanity is evolving, and it's why it's a hallmark of New Age spirituality for people to be channeling angels, or ascended masters, or alien beings from other planets. To me, this is all code for whatever intuitive info is out there from our higher self, or from divinity. The New Age message is that you are divine. You have a direct connection to the divine, and you have spiritual authority over yourself. So all of that is to explain that the twin flame story, as we know it today, is brand new, and it doesn't fit in with the old spiritual narrative of the patriarchy. It's such a new concept, there are no classics around it. There are no definitive resources. It's a phenomenon that's playing itself out before our eyes. 
But as far as I can tell from my research, the actual term itself, twin flame, can be traced back to a New Age cult leader named Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who founded the Church Universal and Triumphant along with her husband. They had the whole doomsday cult thing going on, and they had built underground bunkers and the whole nine yards. But she had a falling from grace when her doomsday predictions didn't happen on schedule. But before that, in the cult's heyday, around the 1980s and 90s, she had written a number of spiritual pamphlets, and one in particular called Soulmates and Twin Flames, the spiritual dimension of love and relationships. And although she describes something similar to the real twin flame phenomenon, she talks about two people who are actually two halves of the same soul and who have some kind of energetic connection. But what she describes is not at all what we know to be the legitimate twin flame experience today. Because her version is patriarchal and codependent, and it doesn't describe anything about what twin flame people go through or anything that I've explained in this podcast series. So I'm not recommending this book. She basically writes about the old relationship template and messed up power dynamics through the idea of twin souls. So you can save yourself the time of reading it, But as far as I know, she is the one who came up with the actual term twin flame, which was then floating around in people's awareness, especially in new age circles of people who would have been curious about alternative spiritual concepts. But the term twin flame still wasn't in regular usage until more recently. The explosion into popular awareness seems to have happened all within the last 10 years at the very most. And I believe that what's going on is that as people began having this experience, they latched on to the name that was already floating around because of Elizabeth Clare Prophet. I don't really love the term twin flame. To me, it sounds kind of sappy. It sounds contrived. It sounds ridiculous. And I would prefer to call it something that just describes it more as it is. Like some people call it divine counterparts. What I really think is the most straightforward is just soul counterparts. But for better or worse, twin flame is the term to use if you want people to know what you're talking about. So now we know where the term twin flame came from. But I still want to go into more detail about the ideas around why this is happening right now. I like to call these ideas future mythologies, and I'm aware of two different stories that people tell as possible explanations for what in the heck is going on here. We all know about past mythologies and how we use these stories as a record of spirituality during times when we don't have a reliable recorded history. And they're important even if they didn't literally happen, because they're still telling us what mattered to people and how past civilizations viewed life. In the same way, future mythologies are a way for us to talk about the important things that we can't record definitively because they haven't happened yet. The first one that I'm going to talk about is from the Book of Revelation. The same one from the Christian New Testament. 
And this was sort of a future telling dream or vision that was recorded by one of the early disciples of Jesus. And it was predicting the time when Jesus would come back again in the future or the second coming. To me, this is a really positive story because if it happens, it will be a chance for Christ consciousness to come back in its glorified form with masculine and feminine united with the female Christ or Mary Magdalene being held up to equal value as the masculine Christ Jesus, instead of the feminine being downgraded, devalued, and scapegoated as just a worthless whore who needed to be redeemed by the masculine. And a lot of people think the story of Revelation is really telling us about the coming emergence of feminine Christ consciousness that will happen in the age of Aquarius, where people begin to step into their intuitive powers instead of suppressing them. And the way that I've heard this talked about in regards to Twin Flame is that the book of Revelation mentions 144,000 lightworkers who are like the first people to enter this new earth kingdom during the second coming of Christ consciousness. 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And one way of interpreting it is that they'll be like the way showers that teach other people how to get there. Some people believe that twin flame couples are these 144,000 lightworkers that Revelation talks about. And it does make sense if you consider everything that the twin flame experience is showing people about how to achieve the new relationship template for real unconditional love, which is pure Christ consciousness. So to me, it doesn't matter if there are literally 144,000 twin flame people or if the book of Revelation is actually happening in real time. What matters is that it's a way for people to talk about something mysterious that really is happening right now. People are going through the super ultra intense experience that's showing them how to embody Christ consciousness in a more complete way that the world hasn't quite seen it yet. And the second story I want to talk about is the future mythology of star people. Sometimes they're called star seeds. And the idea that some people are not just regular people, but instead they're like alien souls that come from different star systems and they step into human bodies. This is a really popular narrative in Twin Flame circles, and the person who created this story and started talking about it first was the science fiction author Brad Steger in his 1976 book, The Gods of Aquarius. In it, he talks about these star people who have come to Earth as humans on a mission to save humanity by teaching us all how to raise our energetic vibration and how to live in more peaceful and sustainable ways on our planet, since this is something they've already learned to do in their own star system. And he writes about several different races of aliens. The notable ones that I hear about the most are the Pleiadians, who are like the fair-haired mystical healers, and the Arcturians, who are the more technologically-minded aliens. 
And where this gets interesting to me is that whether you believe in these kinds of starseed aliens or not, the Pleiadian archetype matches really closely with the feminine twin flame archetype of someone whose senses are fine-tuned, the astral mermaid, someone connected to intuition. And the Arcturian archetype matches up really well with the masculine twin flame archetype of someone who's grounded in the physical reality, like the architects, the engineers, the logical-minded math and tech wizards. So just personally, being the skeptical-minded person that I am, for better or worse, I thought this concept was more than a little nuts when I heard about it. But the thing is, as I listened to what people were saying, I found that it was lining up with what my dreams told me about Twin Flame. Specifically, I have a lot of Twin Flame dreams about spaceships and rockets and things like fire helicopters. Because of these dreams, I don't personally believe in a version of New Earth where everything is going back to nature or where the masculine is going to lose its power. I think that masculine energy in the form of technology is here to stay, and it's going to be getting more prominent, if anything. And yet, I don't hear a lot of Twin Flame people talking about that, except in regards to this story about the Arcturians. So my point is, I became curious and looked into it because the idea was ringing true with my dreams. So just like with the future mythology of Revelation, I don't care if the story is literally true or not, it's important either way because it's a story that allows people to express what it is that they're seeing in their visions of the future. It's kind of stupid to judge visionaries for coming up with ways of talking about what hasn't happened yet. It's the nature of future mythology that we don't have the exact words or story to use. So we have to invent the ways of talking about this future that we see in our dreams. Let's stop blaming visionaries for sounding weird. Of course it's going to sound weird. All new things do. So a big thank you to Brad Steger for that. I wonder if he had any idea when he was writing The Gods of Aquarius that it would be used to tell a story about single souls that get split into two different people. So lastly, I want to share about a twin flame dream that I had a few years ago just to give you a glimpse into my own future mythology. We were all having to go to a new planet because Earth was dying, like Ziggy Stardust. I remember buckling up in the spaceship and that feeling of sadness over having to leave the beautiful world behind, this world that was always my home. I could actually see it outside of the spaceship window, and I had brought with me a bunch of specialty cashmere lingerie. I'm not sure anything like this actually even exists, but I had spent a lot of money on it. And it's what people were going to need on the new earth. And I was going to have to share it because those around me had not brought any. And that's the kind of person I am. I'm going to give other people what they need if I have all the resources. So I don't know how much of this dream was literal or just symbolic. And I don't worry about it either way because we were going to be safe. 
But what I know for sure is that it meant that the world is going to be changing and we're going to need to bring with us new kinds of resources around sexuality, love, and relationships. Like, how much do we love our own body unconditionally? How comfortable are any of us really around raw female sexuality? Are we able to love it without feeling threatened or controlled by it? How much do we value feminine sexuality without trying to hide it or force it to cover up? How much effort do we apply towards becoming our most desirable self in a relationship? I'm not talking about having a perfect body. I'm talking about how do you put in the effort to do the best for your body? How do you pour the proverbial costly perfume onto your own body or make yourself holy on a soul level so that you're really able to represent in a romantic sexual partnership? If love were a commodity and you were buying something with it, what are you spending yours on? Really think about this one for a minute. Are you spending your love on something that fills your bucket? Something that honors the best version of you? All your best hopes and dreams around relationship? Your needs to be fully seen and desired? Like when you know someone sees you for who you are on the inside and they love all that about you? Or are you spending your love currency on desperate emotional attachment? or on someone else's story about what you're supposed to do with your life? Are you spending it on your public image? For me, this dream makes me think really carefully about what it is that I want to bring to the new earth with me. Radical, unconditional self-love and regard for my own feminine intuitive attributes that I can then offer wholly to another person and then get the relationship that's so solid it would never crumble under freedom and choice. One that's not based on the flawed legal contract that we call marriage, or on controlling and abusive, soul-sucking religious mores. So that's it for Twin Flame Origins. I kind of wish there was more to tell. More theories, more ideas, more future mythologies. Personally, I like the idea of a future with dragons. That's what I'm shooting for. And if I wrote a science fiction novel, dragons would definitely be in it. My 12-year-old daughter is obsessed with dragons, and I love that about her. So my fingers are crossed for that future mythology. To sum up the episode, there really is no definitive source of information on Twin Flames because it's happening now. So if you want to learn about it, you really need to go to the people who you know are going through it, and they're channeling the information about it through their intuition as it's happening. This is a really exciting time to be alive, and I have very high hopes for this new energetic template that humanity is learning to carry. If you'd like to stay in touch between episodes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tonya Stupar. Until next time, I'm wishing you all peace and bliss.